Hours on the Super Power Up Podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berenday, and today I'm delighted to have with me Jess Brannis, and we are going to be discussing love in all forms. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Jess. Jess is a dating coach, author, and radio personality who focuses on LGBTQ community. As the founder and CEO of Brannis Enterprises, she first gained worldwide status with the release of her first book, Seeing Her, Knowing You, in 2014. With the release of her best-selling book, Zero to 90, in 2016, she highlighted the first 90 days of dating and became an Amazon new hot release author. Previously heard as the dating expert for Lesby Real Radio Talk, Jess is also the creator and host of the blog and podcast, Drinks with Jess. She is bringing the LGBTQ community and its allies to the same table to initiate unity while discussing positive missions that guests create and support. In 2014, Jess was named one of the 100 empowering women in the world featured in the international bestseller trilogy, Common Threads by Dr. Shelley Hipsky. Most recently, she was fortunate to be listed as one of the 47 boldest women in the world in Next Bold Move by international best-selling author Tara Flores Sloan. Welcome to the show, Jess. <laughs> Thanks, Tatiana. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's so wonderful to have you. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of surreal. I, I, I really, I really <laughs> enjoy being, as we discussed, on this side of the microphone rather than on the other side. <laughs> right. Yeah, you get to be in the hot seat now. And, um, and so I'm going to start out by asking you the question that I love to ask all of our guests. What are your superpowers? Wow. Um, <laughs> dating, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, I think two, I, I would say I have two superpowers. One is being able to really see someone you know, whether it's through their voice, whether it's through their body movements, somebody can act as the most confident person in the world, but you can see behind the scenes mm -hmm. uh, without even knowing them yet, um, which I love. And uh, I don't know, I guess just making people feel comfortable. You know, it's, it, there's, there's something about being easy to talk to that makes people feel safe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. And so I'm sure that these are superpowers that serve you really well in running a show like yours. Um, will you tell us a little bit about how, like, how that show came to be and what inspired it? Well, it, it Drinks with Jess originally was a blog that was written, I would say, in 2010. Um, at the time, I was a high school teacher. And it was more sociopolitical. Uh, I, I tend to be very opinionated. And uh, some of my students found it. And uh, I was encouraged to shut it down, which, you know, at the time I figured, well, I'm really not going to stop being who I am, but I'll, I'll do my best to not be as outspoken as I normally am. And that just didn't really suit me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always that, that nagging feeling inside that you're being kind of caged in. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not that type of person. So... Uh, a few years later, after I released my first book, Seeking Her, Knowing You, I was a guest on Lesby Real Radio Talk. From there, they actually asked me to come on 
full time with them. And then we started to do um, all these other segments that were pre recorded when we were in our off season. So from there, I started podcasting and Drinks with Jess came back. Initially, it started as a, a it was supposed to be a dating podcast for the LGBT community. And for some reason, you never know why it is. I mean, now I know why it is, but it just changed. It was like there was something more meaningful that could be done mm-hmm. um, to pull the community together. There are um, kind of like we have racism in the United States within the LGBT community. There are so many people that uh, are not necessarily included. We're seeing more inclusion now, whether it's uh, for uh, bisexuals or or the transgender community. Mm-hmm. So this type of show brings all of them in and also allows people to step outside their comfort zone and step outside the box and realize, hey, we have straight allies too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just as important. They have some of the same feelings, some of the same uh, strife sometimes. And uh, so it's been a good good show running for the past four years. What would you say was like some of your biggest takeaways from doing this show? I think I learned more about humanity. You know, again, you can you can look at somebody and not think that they have a certain substance, and then you realize after talking to them that they really care about something important, mm-hmm. and it just makes you it makes you want to be on their side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So it was it was more of a growing experience for me, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think. You know, it's funny because we do we do this work. We we step into it. We we do our coaching. We do our podcasting. We you know, and I I really do think I've seen time and time again with myself and also with other people in my in my network and in my sphere. It's like really we're doing this work for ourselves. Fundamentally, <laughs> it's for our own growth. I mean, of course, like uh, you know, we're doing it to serve a larger audience as well. But like, there's so much of our own growth in the process. Yeah. And, and you know what, there are so many causes out there that I didn't know existed. Mm. For example, I had uh, a guest on my first season, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Maya Cyber, and she was one of the ice road truckers from the History Channel. Like, you would never think that this woman was, like, went up to Alaska and did this, but she's, you know, she's hardcore. But she was supporting a mission called uh, Breast Implant Illness Awareness. Mm. And I was very surprised because it, it, it was something that I didn't even know about. I didn't know women were getting like deathly ill right. from some kind of uh, physical change that they elected. And, um, and so that, that opened my eyes. You know, my, my friend Suzanne Hobbs has been on the show several times, and she is one of the um, people who uh, forges forward for the um, safe haven laws. Uh, for uh, newborn babies. And I mean, her story is incredible. And she started as a news journalist and and had to cover a news story of of a baby that was found in a dumpster. And that just totally got to her. In fact, her child, Lily, she adopted was actually one of the safe haven babies. So when you see someone who, who has been impacted by even a single event, it makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Those stories are so powerful and so healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to go to a quick break, but before we do, I would really love for you to share with our listeners where they can go to find more about you, more of the show. Oh, sure. So uh, for the show, you can find Drinks with Jess on iTunes, Mixcloud. We also put up uh, most of our episodes on YouTube. 
uh, if you're more of a watcher. As far as information about me or, or my books or, or even to contact the show, because we love to hear from, from our listeners, you can go to dwjphl.com. Awesome. So we've been talking with Jess Branis about love in all forms. More when we get back. Stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just just like you. When you join the net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, and we are back. Um, one of the things that I really loved about sort of the mission for your show is this, this theme of, of creating unity. I mean, you spoke a little bit to it of earlier about how, you know, we have racism and there's also been a little bit less of an inclusionary stance within the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that you also say is that everyone has a special mission. And I'm curious if you have clarity on like what that is for you. Wow. Um, you know, I, I tend to, to think that everybody's mission has, has been there, you know, since they came into existence, mm-hmm. you know, so, so you can look back on your life and, and see the type of person that you've always been. And I, I, do a lot of this with the with the dating world as well. But, you know, as as a kid, I always wanted to bring different groups of people together, whether it was over food, over some music and dancing. But I was one of those, even as a, a child, I didn't really have a click. You know, I was I was kind of a loner, but at the same time, I knew everybody. Mm-hmm. So so for me, my mission has always been push aside the arguments, push aside the fighting, push aside the bullying, everybody get together on a common ground and have a good time. And that is something that has been consistent through my entire life. I, uh, at one time for about seven years back in my 20s, so about two decades ago, I was a professional salsa dancer. And I would bring people in who, you know, didn't know anything about Latin culture and they ended up having the best time of their lives or they weren't used to back in that day, a a female being a lead male role. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I had no problem having every woman on the dance floor dancing with me because it was just that passion that I exuded and that non-judgment type of aspect that I had that, you know, just cause that mission to to grow for others as well. So I I, I really think that the mission of, of unity and bringing everybody together has been instilled in me since since I was born. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I can really feel that. I can really feel that from you. Um, so I I want to ask you a question, and and I hope that it lands well and that it's understood from the from the place that it is is really originating. I'm not um, shy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's it's more actually about the identification with sexual orientation. 
Um, because I think that, I mean, I saw this in my own journey. So when I was, when I was growing up as a, as a teenager, I came out as bisexual, you know, pretty, pretty early on. And then for a while I was thought that maybe I was just a lesbian. And then, you know, I've been kind of like in this sort of fluidity around that for a long Mm -hmm. time. But then I've also, I've been married to a man for almost 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm, one of the things that I kind of saw, and I'm just really curious to get your take on it is, um, do you think that like really strongly identifying, what am I trying to say? It's like, I feel like sometimes we can lose ourselves in our, in how we identify, right? It's like we become just the label and then who we really are can get lost. Right. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, when it comes to an, and I have to say gender identification is totally different than sexual orientation. But right. when it comes to orientation, I, I do feel that that people get lost. And the reason why they get lost is because if if you have grown up and are finally discovering yourself, you want to belong to a community. You know, you feel right. like if you belong to something and you emphasize that label, then you're a part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I, I feel that when people do that, it's kind of like, you know, when people do get into relationships, they feel like they're a part of something bigger. But I, I tend to feel like you're a part of something smaller and you start to exclude everything else around you. Like, right. you know, in our community, a, a lot of women won't go to just a regular restaurant or a straight bar or nightclub. But I think that's a, a problem with themselves as far as their insecurity on, on who they are and they emphasize too much on the label. I am one of those people that I don't label myself. I mean, yes, I'm a lesbian, but I don't label myself. And now there are so many labels, like you have blue jean lesbians and butch lesbians. and it, I mean, there are so many labels that I don't think that people should get caught up in it. I don't think it feels right at the same time, when people say, well, what, what do you identify as? I said, I'm Jess. That's right. my name. And, and that's it. Like, I have straight friends, gay friends, older friends, younger friends, African-American friends, Asian friends. You know, so why label myself? You right. miss out on half the world. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I hope when, when people, you know, if people are going through this, just because you have a preference on who you like to have a relationship with or sleep with. You are much more than that. Yeah. You, you are an author. You're a person. You're a soul. You're, you know, everything that are, is inherent in you is what you are. Well, and I think it can be an important part of the journey to claim that aspect, especially, you know, if we have felt marginalized in that capacity or judged because of that, um, to, to really own that part of ourselves, that part of mm-hmm. our sexuality can, can be really important part of that journey. But I think mm-hmm. it's, it's about like not getting stuck there. Right. And, and like you just said, understanding that you're so much more than just this one aspect and this one label. And I think the more that the more of us that can, that can start to do this, I really believe that some of the barriers and the, and the walls and the discrimination can can break down a little bit more mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of like like back in the day when and one of the reasons why the the bisexual um, community has seen a lot of exclusion 
from the LGBT community is, you know, it's like it was always questioned, like, well, what are you? Why can't you just decide? Right. It's not about deciding. Right. You know, it's not about consciously deciding. It's about, you know, claiming it and owning it. That's one thing. But you are who you are, you know? Exactly. And, yeah. and I wish I wish more, I think now we're getting to a point where more people see it that way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and understand it that way. But especially when you're young and going through it, right. you, you need to feel like you identify because otherwise you're afraid you're going to be ousted by everybody. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I remember that, that time period and, and really, really claiming that title and, and having that sense of belonging was such an important part of the, of the journey and the process. Now, like I didn't have uh, like a coming out story Uh because I I never felt that I had to, because I was always, I always say I came out when I was out of the womb, you know, (laughs) I mean, that was it. And I never had to vocalize it because I felt that it was just natural for me and that mm-hmm. everybody eventually would sooner or later get it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was it. So, my, you know, unfortunately for me, that's my type of mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and so I never had a problem with it. I always made sure that, that everything that I enjoyed about life was still at the forefront mm-hmm. of my, of everything that I did every minute of the day. Yeah, I love that. I love that about you. I think that's, that's such a, there's such a teaching in there. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I want to jump to dating for for a minute. Um, You know, do you have, do you have like, I mean, you wrote this book, right? Zero Mm -hmm. to 90. And I apologize for not having read it. Um, No, it's okay. I can send you copies if you'd like. I, uh, I interview so many people that I would do nothing but read if I was to read everyone's books. I'm the same way. I got you. <laughs> um, but so I'm curious if you have like some core dating principles or like what's your, what's your foundation around that? Well, I, I think it's important for, first of all, everybody to gain some kind of forgiveness. Mm. And, and, and I mentioned that in my first, like the first book goes through right after heartache to building yourself back up, building your confidence up and really looking deep within you. The second book, Zero to 90, is about that first 90 days when you're you're back in the dating scene. Because in our community, you know, there's always the joke about the U-Haul. And it's so true. It's like they're just trying to find somebody. And it, it drives me crazy. Uh-huh. So, um, so one of my main principles is to not let go and this is this is common with everybody to not let go of who you are while you're dating or in a relationship you know mm-hmm. some people start to bypass their dreams or they don't go out with their friends as much or they don't connect with their family as much anymore because they're living for that other person um so i i try to instill in the people that i work with and instill in these books that you know the only thing that you live and die with is you Mm-hmm. even if you're married, somebody's going to go first. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have to be very clear on who you are and, and what you like. And there can be compromise, but don't just totally push it aside. Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of that making that world smaller. That's what people tend to do. Mm-hmm. I also believe in building a roadmap. I'm very big into vision boards, but uh, besides the vision boards, but building a roadmap, a lot of people don't actually know what they want 
you know, we're conditioned to want the house and the, the partner or the spouse and the fence and the kids and the dog. And we're so conditioned that we don't realize sometimes that people don't necessarily want that. So mm-hmm. for example, I, I always thought that I was supposed to settle down and I, I had a lot of long-term relationships. However, they weren't right for me. I was compromising myself just to hold on to the relationship. And I realized as I got older, I'm not the settled down type. Mm-hmm. I like the excitement of dating new people. So with that comes responsibility because I have to make sure that if I get involved with somebody, they're that, they have that same type of plan. Right. Because it, it's just going to break up later if the one person has had this plan in their head to get married and you're not that person. So do you like l- let that cat out of the bag on the first date then? I, I do. I do. Now, if it does seem to develop into a longer term relationship, as long as I know that I'm being myself the entire time, then I don't have any fear in that. Like I don't have any fear in relationships. There are certain people that just meld well together. Sure. There are. I mean, that's, but, but I do, I do let that out of the bag. And I have to say that I, I appreciate one of my, one of my exes from, from years ago, I remember going on our second date and she said to me, do you want kids? And I said, no, she's like, oh good. She's like, cause if you would have said that, this would have been our last date yeah, right. because she was, she was a couple years older than I was and she didn't want to have kids. Yeah. I think I think that is such a huge one. I, I definitely counsel my clients in that way too, that you get the kids question off the table as soon as possible because yeah. that will make or break a relationship. Right. I mean, like I'm 42, I'll be 43 this year. Uh-huh. I am very happy in my house with my dog. I, I have a certain schedule that I live to um, and, and certain things that I enjoy. And it would be very hard for me at this point to bring somebody in and lose that aspect of myself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not that it wouldn't be enjoyable. I would love a long-term relationship as long as they don't see moving in with somebody. That mm-hmm. would be awesome to me. That right. would be one. Like I, I think Goldie Hawn and, and Kurt Russell did it great. I think I they know. had a fantastic relationship. How did they do it? I'm not, I don't know, actually know how they well, did Well, they never got married. Uh-huh. I think it was something that they just didn't, but it doesn't mean that they didn't raise Kate well. Right. And it doesn't mean that they didn't love each other or enjoy each other, but they didn't need that, that paperwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think that having... It's true. We, we can get into this idea of like, there's one way to do it. There's a, there's a construct, right? Mm-hmm. And anything outside of that is not going to satisfy us. But mm-hmm. I, I see this all the time. And I think that, I think there is starting to be a little bit of a shift. Um, I mean, I just had someone on the show last week was talking all about polyamory. So maybe I'm, I'm still in that, like <laughs> the world has opened up for what's possible um, or what people are doing, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do, yeah, but I I do mean, think there's a shift in consciousness that's occurring in general where people are getting more and more understanding of like, I get to claim what I want and, and not mm-hmm. feel shame around that or, or feel guilt around that. Yeah. And it's really important to even look back on your, on your relationship and dating history in order to, for example, seek forgiveness and figure out who you really want to 
date. And again, a lot of the, the exercises and a lot of things I talk about in the book, and I use all personal stories. So I, mean, it, I, I it was a shock when my mother read my books, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but, but she loved them. But it's, it's, you really do have to investigate and, and realize, okay, well, maybe somebody caused you some heartache, right? First of all, you're still living through it. But you also have to take the responsibility of saying, I chose that. Mm-hmm. Because if it's getting to a point that you're unhappy, you can choose to leave. And a lot of people don't do that. They wait for the shoe to drop on the other side. Right. And then they wonder why they don't have any forgiveness because they have to forgive themselves. It's not about forgiving the other person. It's forgiving yourself yeah. for, for allowing that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be such a tough one because, mm-hmm. because what I find a lot um, is that people get, it's like, if I'm going to acknowledge that I played a role in that creation, then I'm going to beat myself up for that. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, how, how can, how can we have more of an objective stance of like, Ooh, cause and effect is a thing. And Absolutely. I did that and it resulted in this. And, and I can take ownership of that without blaming myself. Mm-hmm. I really think that that's where the empowerment lies. That's, and it's so, it's so important. And it gives you, you know, a, a lot of times I, I have to work with people, especially, um, you know, when I'm working with people in the LGBT population, there's a lot of insecurity just mm-hmm. because of, you know, having to own up and claim, you know, your, your orientation um, sure. at the beginning. Sure. Um, and, and especially dealing with women, you know, there are women who have uh, body issues, you know, mm-hmm. or, or anything else. So, uh, but I find that if they go through their past relationships and finally have that forgiveness and realize that the next person they find, it's not that you have to worry about them liking you, you have to worry about liking them. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and set up that list, you know, mm-hmm. and, and know that you're staying true to yourself. I don't like somebody, and I say this in the book, I don't like somebody who just communicates via text. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make sure that I initiate calling. Mm-hmm. That puts that responsibility on me. And you know what? If they're not the type of person who calls back or likes to be on the phone, then I realize I, I did it my way and they're not going to be the right person for me. And it's that simple. And there doesn't have to be any anger about it. Right, right. It's just clarity. And it allows mm-hmm. for what you want to come through in such a powerful way when you're able to claim that clarity and not feel bad for it. Yeah, know who you are and know exactly what you want. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I'm super on board. I know, I know where I'm sending all my LGBTQ friends who have questions about dating. There you go. <laughs> for sure. Um, so what's, what's next for you? Like, is this, do you feel like the, the doing the show is kind of like, this is what you want to be doing for the rest of your life? Or do you see an evolution of that and where it goes next? Oh, I've, I've already been starting. Right, um, awesome. Well, I, uh, I recently started writing book number three. Okay. Uh, which should be coming out sometime this summer. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I always like to make it very personal. So there, there are tons of stories in it, but this one is going to be called Heart Watch, mm-hmm. kind of like Market Watch. And I'm going to take the um, idea of relationships and the types of people you date and also compare it. Well, I wouldn't say compare, but take a, make a liking to 
um, things in the stock market. You know, it, there are people who are great at business, but bad at romance. And mm-hmm. there are people who are great at romance and bad with business or finances. But there is an ebb and flow to both. And I think if people saw like how everything is cyclical, whether it's it's your dating life, your your business life, your relationship life, it all still comes down to you. So, uh, so I think that's going to be the premise of cool. of the book, the ups and downs. Uh, so that's going to be very interesting to uh, keep writing. Uh, so that'll come out sometime this summer. And as far as the show, I mean, the show's going to keep going. My company, Brannis Enterprises, we we launch podcast. That's one of our divisions is we launch new podcasts. Mm-hmm. We also work with nonprofit organizations because obviously that's something that I enjoy uh, as well as is uh, restaurant and nightclub marketing because we can use all three facets together and connect people. That's what, that's what our business does. We help to connect other people um, to make sure that they're all reaching their goals. So with that, we're actually going to create a podcast network where we will have several different shows uh, that will be streaming probably twenty four seven. So um, that's that's in its infantile stage mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. Just trying to plan it out and and uh, making sure that that's all uh, nice and pretty and ready for everybody. So yeah, so that's that's on the horizon. That's the next step. Awesome. What are some of the nonprofits that your company works with? Uh, so we are doing uh, work with, and I'm not going to mention them because they're all like doing like new special launches this year because the okay. year just started. So uh, I'm not going to mention their names, but we do work with uh, a lot of, whether it's LGBT organizations, health organizations, uh, that type of thing. I was a cancer survivor. So those mm. are uh, health organizations are very big uh, in my book. And obviously, you know, when I was a teacher, I mean, education is a big thing with me. So uh, any type of organization, nonprofit especially, that needs to step up their game and wants to connect and be able to be guest on shows to increase donorship and and whatever the case may be, um, or needs places to hold fundraisers or want extra media coverage, we, we make sure that we handle that. So... Beautiful. Yeah. And you're, you're based primarily in Philadelphia? Yes. Yeah. In Philadelphia, I mean, we can do work all over the country. Um, we tend to have people all over the place. I've connected over all these years with so many incredible artists, incredible people that, you know, on a moment's call, they can be there. Nice. So, yeah. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Awesome. Well, I, it's been really lovely sharing this time with you today. I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, I love what you're up to. And and love your approach too. So well, thank you, and I I appreciate you you uh, reaching out and, and bringing me on. I just this has been a wonderful conversation. And next time I'm going to get you in the hot seat, and you're going to be on the other side of the mic. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, awesome. that's a plan. Well, to our listeners, I love you so much. Thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many, many wise words. Wise words. Good night, everybody. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.